You're listening to Monday Science Podcast, the show that brings you the latest in science, technology and health with your host, me, Dr. Bahija Raimi Abraham. Hello, welcome back to Monday Science. Happy Monday or happy whatever day it is that you're listening to this episode. Uh, so in today's episode, I'm going to be answering uh, listeners' questions. I have a very interesting uh, two questions, actually, which I combined into this one episode. Um, I'm going to read out the first question. And this was sent uh, by Tammy from Surrey. Thank you, Tammy, for your question. Um, so the question is, approximately how long do vitamins last in the body once you've taken them as a supplement? And the second question, uh, I'm actually it was actually sent as a um, a voice note. So, and this was sent in by uh, Lee in Norfolk, UK. So, uh, thank you very much, Lee. I'm going to play that now. Do you think there's any link between the lack of vitamin D in people and those people dying from coronavirus? Thanks, Lee, for that question. So, um, his question is focusing around. The relationship between lack of vitamin D um, and in, in people who uh, are dying from coronavirus. So I thought I'd combine those two questions um, and uh, answer them in this episode. So firstly, let's talk about vitamins. So let's answer Tammy's question first. Uh, so vitamins are essential nutrients that our body needs to develop and function properly. And so because we can't make most of them, we tend to have to get them externally. So from our diets or, you know, supplements, uh, you know, food supplements. And um, there are about 13 vitamins and they're classed as micronutrients because we don't we, we only really need them in small amounts. And so vitamins can be split into two types, something called fat soluble and water soluble. OK, so fat soluble vitamins such as vitamin A, D, E and K are stored in our fat cells and they require fat in order to be um, absorbed. And a little trick, if you want to know, <laughs> to remember fat-soluble uh, vitamins is using the word DECA, D-E-K-A. It's a little bit easier there. Um, whereas water-soluble water vitamins, uh, such as the vitamin Bs, they're known as vitamin B complex. You tend to see sort of vitamin B complex as opposed to the individual vitamins stated commonly anyway. Um, so the water-soluble vitamins such as vitamin B, Bs and Cs are not necessarily stored in your body. So therefore, they need to be replenished quite often. Um, and your body takes what it can from the food that you eat or the supplements, and then it ex uh, excretes, you know, what's not needed as, as waste. Um, and so to answer Tammy's question, which is uh, approximately how long do vitamins last in the body once you've taken them as a supplement? Well, this will depend on if the vitamin is water or fat soluble. So a water soluble, soluble vitamin, such as vitamin C um, and the family of, of the B vitamins, um, the longest they can probably last in your body is around 48 hours. Um, often they'll last for a shorter period. Yeah. Then you have the fat soluble vitamins, uh, DECA. Yeah. <laughs> um, they would actually be naturally stored for a little bit longer compared to the water soluble ones. Um, but for people who are adequately nourished, something like vitamin D supplements can last in the body for up to three months. But that's just 
you know, one case. Um, and in other individuals, uh, supplements such as vitamin D could last, you know, just up to four weeks. And that's just highlighting how we are all different. The interesting thing with vitamin K, uh, one of the fat-soluble vitamins, is a bit of an exception um, because even though uh, vitamin K, so it's a fat-soluble nutrient, and the vitamin K from foods is not effectively um, absorbed or stored. And the other thing about it is vitamin K is actually made, it's quite interesting, made in the bacteria in the intestine. Um, one of the ways. <laughs> um, but the other thing that influences how long a vitamin would last in the body is, you know, how severe is the per person's deficiency of that vitamin? How much is the person taking? So what's the dose? Um, what's the absorption rate? Uh, the quality of the supplements as well? You know, we assume uh, when you take the supplements, you're getting 100% of what you expect it to get. If it says, um 1000 milligram vitamin c you're hoping it's exactly 1000 milligrams of vitamin c but it's not always the case um and then also the food that the person is uh eating as well so let's talk briefly about uh vitamin d because i've already been mentioning it a little bit earlier it's a vitamin d is a very very interesting um uh vitamin what makes it unique is that it's not only a vitamin, but it's also a steroid hormone that your body uh, can make from the sun. So despite the ability to get vitamin D from, the, from food and from the sun, an estimated 40, about 40 to 75 percent of people um, are deficient. So they tend to have low uh, vitamin D levels. Um, and vitamin D has a well understood role in bone health, but several studies have provided examples of its role beyond this in conditions including heart disease, infectious diseases, cancer, fertility, depression, uh, diabetes and Parkinson's disease. So let's listen back to Lee's question. Do you think there's any link between the lack of vitamin D in people and those people dying from coronavirus? Uh, so in order to answer the question, understanding is there a relationship between lack or I would say, you know, low levels of vitamin D and uh, COVID-19, uh, first need to understand, you know, what are the risk factors for low vitamin D? So what we also call vitamin D deficiency. What role, if any, does vitamin D play uh, in infections, specifically respiratory infections, uh, specifically viral infections, and more specifically COVID-19 infections. Um, and then look and see, are, is there any literature out there? Is there? Are there any recorded studies that have actually investigated the relationship between the two? Um, so to first things first, let's talk about the risk factors for low vitamin D. Well, I'm going to list the common ones. Uh, the top one is having dark skin. So being black um, can increase your risk factor of uh, having low vitamin D. Um, this also relates to patient, uh, patients, sorry, from people from Asian backgrounds, as well as people from the Mediterranean who may be used to being exposed to a lot of sunlight um, in, in, you know, for example, countries such as UK, Italy, Spain, and then come to another country that doesn't have that level of same um, intensity or, or frequency of sunlight. And so therefore, there's a risk that they themselves could be uh, experiencing low vitamin D. Uh, second risk factor is being elderly. 
are being overweight or obese, not eating much fish or dairy, living in a country where there's little sun year round, always using sunscreen when going out and always staying indoors or just staying indoors. So low vitamin D status has been associated with increased vulnerability to infectious diseases, specifically respiratory tract uh, infections. However, whether low vitamin D levels are a cause or a consequence of disease is still a point of debate in scientific communities um, and is, is still you know, being investigated and was being investigated prior to uh, COVID. So there are a few research articles and also commentary articles that have, pub have been published in the last couple of months that have um, investigated the relationship between vitamin D and uh, so vitamin D and um, COVID-19 uh, mortality, so death rates, um, also looking at the role vitamin D or what they uh, think the role is vitamin D has in uh, COVID-19 and in particular in viral respiratory infections as well. So I'm going to summarize the key studies and, um, and yeah, I hope that can shed some light. So the first one I want to talk about is, um, this is study one. So this was a short original report by uh, UK researchers. Uh, they're from a variety of institutes in the UK and they collaborated with an American Institute. This was published in April of this year and they aim to provide a balanced scientific view on vitamin D and SARS-CoV-2, so COVID-19. Um, and so, the two key points, which is quite interesting. So when looking at low vitamin D and respiratory health, uh, they found that vitamin D appeared to inhibit pulmonary, so lung inflammatory processes, whilst enhancing our Im the immune defense system against respiratory pathogens, so such as viruses. And they identified something called a population-based study. So that's just looking at the population, uh, that showed a positive associations between vitamin D levels and lung function. The second point uh, this report makes is regarding low vitamin D and COVID-19, well, they said low vitamin D status may be exacerbated during COVID-19 crisis due to indoor living, increased indoor living, and um, therefore, hence reduced sun exposure. And then for what they advise is that for anyone who's self-isolating with limited access to sunlight to take a vitamin D supplement according to their government's recommendations for the general public. So quite interesting uh, what they're saying there, in particular around the, you know, how they feel like vitamin D appears to inhibit um, the pulmonary, so the lung inflammatory responses, uh, which is very interesting. But again, here it's like, okay, this is how vitamin D, uh, low vitamin D could affect respiratory health. Okay. And then in terms of how somebody could have low vitamin D during this time of COVID-19, well, it would be, in, you know, a Aside from the risk factors that I've mentioned already, it could be further um, exacerbated uh, due to the fact that everybody is obviously, you know, living indoors, um, more so reducing uh, sun exposure. 
Okay, so the second uh, study that I want to talk about, so this is a publication from Trinity College Dublin and their collaborators. Um, and they, hi they highlighted the association between vitamin D levels and mortality. And what they did was they analysed all uh, European adult population studies that were completed since 1999, uh, which measured vitamin D levels and then compared vitamin D and death rates from COVID-19 in these studies. Uh, very interesting piece of work. The key finding was that they found that the study showed that countries at a lower latitude and typically sunny countries such as Spain and northern Italy had low concentrations of vitamin D um, and high rates of vitamin D deficiency. That's very interesting. Um, and these study, these countries are also experienced high infection and death rates in Europe. Um, the northern latitude countries such as Norway, Finland and Sweden had higher vitamin D levels despite having a lower um, UV exposure uh, because th in these countries they were they had supplementation and fortification of foods uh, with you know sufficient vitamin D levels which were common and so the Nordic countries um, they had lower levels of COVID-19 infections and death rates so that's very very interesting um, finding that Typically, sunny countries had low vitamin D levels, so they had a, a lack of vitamin D, even with the high sun. Um, and then in these countries, there were higher rates of infection. Um, quite interesting. And they concluded from their study that the correlation between low vitamin D levels and death from COVID-19 was statistically significant. Uh, so those were their findings. They did also propose that the study that their data suggested that optimizing vitamin D levels is likely to reduce uh, consequences, serious consequences and, and complications from COVID-19. Uh, their hypothesis was this could be due to vitamin D's role in regulation and suppression of inflammatory responses. So we're hearing that theme again, the, the role that vitamin D plays in reducing inflammation. Um, uh, so I'll read that part again. So, you know, due to vitamin D's role in regulation and suppression of inflammatory responses, which causes severe consequences of COVID-19 and acute respiratory distress syndrome, which are associated with ventilation and, and death as well. That study was very interesting because, and I, I read the article a few times to just try and make sure I understood uh, the findings because their findings went were completely opposite to what you would expect. You know, I mentioned with the risk factors that um, being in a country with low sun would make you at more of a risk factor. But maybe, you know, for example, with the Nordic countries, because they don't get such exposure, so they are as part of their routine, as part of their, uh, I guess, culture, their practice is to make sure that they're fortified with good supplementation, uh, you know, and, and, you know, their food, like their diet is high in vitamin D. And I guess for countries where there's constant sun, you almost take it for granted to some extent. So you forget, or the individuals would forget to actually have to, you know, supplement and still, still take vitamin D. Don't think many people even think about if they take vitamin D um, or need to take additional vitamin D supplementation or not. Um, in most people's multivitamins, there's usually... Uh, I think it's roughly maybe 500 units, I think, of um, 
vitamin D in an average multivitamin tablet, something is quite low. Um, and in my experience, it's only when somebody has experienced low vitamin D, what low vitamin D feels like, it's just horrible, you have a headache, you feel it's not even, it's like you're tired, but it's it's just, a, it's very weird, it's very different also to being anemic, and then, you know, they'll go to the doctor, the doctor's like, oh, maybe it's iron, maybe it's this or that, they'll do a blood test, and then they see, oh, wow, blood, your vitamin D levels are really, really low, um, and then it's like, oh, I have to be conscious that I'm prone to having low vitamin D, uh, so very, very interesting study. And I, as I said, I'll put the link in the episode description so you can take a look. The last uh, piece of work that I'm going to discuss, um, uh, so researchers in America, so they c- conducted a statistical analysis of data from hospitals and clinics across 10 countries. So they were China, France, Germany, Italy, Iran, South Korea, Spain, Switzerland, the United Kingdom, and the United States. And the researchers noted that patients from countries with high COVID-19 mortality rates, so this is at the time of their analysis, uh, such as Italy, uh, Italy, Spain, and the UK, had lower levels of vitamin D compared to patients in countries that were not as severely affected. The team discovered a strong correlation between vitamin D levels, and something called a cytokine storm, which is a hyperinflammatory condition caused by an overactive immune system. They also found a correlation between vitamin D deficiency and mortality. I'd like to just talk a bit more about um, a cytokine storm. So a cytokine storm can severely damage lungs and lead to um, acute respiratory distress syndrome, which I mentioned earlier, and death in patients. And unfortunately, this um, storm, this acute respiratory distress distress syndrome seems to be what is killing the majority of COVID-19 patients, not necessarily the destruction of the lungs by the virus itself. So what are cytokines? Well, they're small proteins that um, are released by several different cells in the body, um, including those of the immune system. And this is where they could they coordinate the body's response um, against infection and then trigger inflammation. Sometimes the body's response uh, to an infection can just go into overdrive. And so the virus behind COVID-19, so that's SARS-CoV-2, when it enters the lung, it's believed to uh, trigger an immune response, attracting immune cells to uh, the region to attack the virus. And then this can result in localized inflammation. But in some patients, and I believe they're still trying to investigate, you know, which patients, which types of patients, uh, but in some patients, excessive or uncontrolled amounts, uncontrolled amounts of um, levels of cytokines are released, which then activate more immune cells. And then this results in this hyperinflammation, which can seriously harm or even kill patients. So Interestingly, cytokine storms are a common complication, not only of COVID-19 and flu, but of other respiratory diseases that are caused by uh, coronaviruses such as SARS and MERS. So that's a very, very interesting point. 
Uh, so to conclude from the studies that I investigated and I looked into, because there is limited data um, available uh, because we're sort of learning about the virus as, as we go along. Um, but from the few studies, they've tried to investigate, you know, is there a trend between low vitamin D and COVID-19? Well, as we've discussed, low vitamin D status has been associated with increased vulnerability to infectious diseases, uh, specifically respiratory tract infections. Uh, vitamin D is thought to play a role in regulating and suppressing inflammatory responses. Two of the studies that I highlighted um, found a correlation between low vitamin D levels and death from COVID-19 and found this to be statistically significant. And also that patients from countries with high COVID-19 mortality rates at the time of the analysis of that work uh, did have uh, lower levels of vitamin D compared to patients in countries that were not as severely affected. So these findings do, it doesn't mean that everyone now, especially those without a known deficiency, should go out and start hoarding and, and buying all the, you know, all the supplements. Um, it's important to be aware of the emergent understanding of COVID-19 because uh, we're learning every day. We're learning something new about this uh, this virus, this disease. Um, but also think about ways that we can try and protect ourselves from COVID-19 in addition to washing hands and wearing our masks. Um, so, yes, uh, I believe that's answered the two questions um, that I've put together in this episode. I'm going to add the links to the studies that I've mentioned in the episode description as well. And thanks again to um, our listeners who provided questions for this episode. So that's thanks to Temi from uh, Surrey and Lee from Norfolk, UK. Thank you again. Thanks for joining us this week on the Monday Science Podcast. Make sure to visit our website. Uh, details are in the episode description where you can subscribe to make sure that you never miss the show. Uh, so catch up with you next week. Bye.